Well, good morning, everyone. Everybody having a good Christmas season? Keeping Jesus the center of this season? A little something different today. Someone in first service gave me two tickets to Engelbert Humperdinck for tomorrow night. Is there anyone that would like to go to my main man, Engelbert Humperdinck, right here? Oh, Sheila, I'll buy you one, Sheila. There you go, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Well, next Sunday, we have a very special Sunday. This week, a cold front's coming through. So it's going to feel like Christmas too. So it's supposed to be in the 40s next Sunday morning. I know from you, some of you guys that are like from Alaska and Minnesota, you're like, 40s? 40s is freezing for Floridians. So everybody's going to have their boots on, whether you're male, female, everybody's coming in boots. are going to have those big overcoats on. You're going to have those scarves on. And we are going to provide a free hot chocolate bar. Does that sound like a good idea? So the culture has changed. When I grew up, when my mom said, do you want some hot cocoa or hot chocolate? It was like this little packet thing. You open that packet thing, you put it in there, and you stir it up. That was it. It's not like that now. I don't know if Starbucks took this whole world by storm. Now everything is like specialty, specialty hot chocolate. We're going to have peppermint sprinkles. We're going to have all of these different whipped cream thingies. We're going to have all this stuff you shake on top. I don't even know what this stuff we're shaking on top is, but you want to shake it. Target came out with something this year. We're trying to get some. They're going so, they're, they're so hot. Changed my life. I'm going to get to Jesus in a minute, so just give me a second, all right? It, it, it changed my life. It's called this flavored whipped cream, gingerbread flavored, marshmallow flavored. I had that, and I thought, the technology, we are in the end times with this technology, I can tell you right now. So we're going to have a hot chocolate bar. We're also going to have a very special service. Probably the last five years, we've been having a three-part message. We're going to have three different parts mixed in with Christmas music. It's such a peaceful service. It's one that you'll want to bring your friends and your family to because it is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful to just enjoy the presence of God. Also this week is the apparel launch a lot of people have been waiting on this established uh, collection. I uh, want you to know we do not mark it up at all. We sell it for what we pay for it, but there are sizes that are already running out. We have a V-neck for the women, first time ever. Countryside is expanding. V-neck. And I want to tell you why we have a V-neck. Pastor Glum's mom, six months ago, said, Glenn, I really like a V-neck. And so guess what? If mama wants a V-neck, mama's getting a V-neck. Can you say amen? Amen. How many are coming to the Christmas Eve service? How many are inviting your friends and your family? It's going to be amazing. How many are excited this morning to get into God's word together? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We hold it up. And we thank you, Lord, that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage in our lives and in our, whole, our hearts. So I pray today that you would illuminate our path with your word. Have your will and way in our hearts. Anoint this time, I pray. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen.
This is week three of a series that we've entitled Burnt Out. And what we're doing is we're looking at things in our life that can stress us, overwhelm us, uh, distract us, get our eyes off of things that matter, especially during this Christmas season. It's so easy to get caught up in all the stuff happening around us and lose sight of really what's most important. Week one, Pastor Andrew shared on letting go of stuff. Woo, that was a challenging one. Something that I say, and I say to my family often, I'm like, don't touch my stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff. And then I went into my, my closet last week and I realized I have got a ton of stuff. And now I have a pile of clothes. I'm making a drastic decision to get rid of all my double X clothes because I'm now on XL, no big deal, you know? So week one, letting stuff go. Week two was letting go of distractions. Distractions, they're all around us. But the, the whole message was help us to be more like Mary, to not be so busy, 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 all this stuff, but to take the time to just sit at the feet of Jesus, to allow him to minister to us and to choose not what's busy or what's good, but to choose what's best and to choose what's better. And this week, we're gonna be talking about a very critical subject. It's called letting go of control. You guys still with me? Everybody okay? We're gonna be focusing on this one point. It's something that's not easy to do because as people, as flesh and blood, it's our desire oftentimes to just control every little detail of not only our lives, but everyone else's lives around us. So let me ask you, how many will be honest, say, Pastor Glenn, I need to hear, I've got areas that I need to let go of control. I got control issues. Thank you. I saw some people like elbowing their spouse. Don't, don't do that. I saw other people raising their spouse's hand. You don't need to do that either. But today we're gonna to start in this really beautiful section of scripture as we look in Luke chapter one, starting in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And then it goes on to say, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Confused and disturbed. Do you ever have moments in your life where you feel like things have not gone the way that I would have liked them to have gone? Or may something would have happened in your life, maybe a betrayal or someone stabbed you in the back or something in your career didn't go the way that you thought that it should go. And you find yourself at a place where you're confused and you're disturbed and you wanna do everything in your power to fix it or figure it out. Can you imagine Mary, sweet Mary? She was between the age of 13 years old and 15 years old. So I want you to think of yourself as a, say, 14-year-old teenager. And you have an angel appear before you and tell you, get ready, because your life is getting ready to change radically. And her first response is confusion, and she's disturbed. 
Let's look at verse uh, 30. It says, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give, him, give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. That's a great question from Mary. I'm sure that my wife Elaine would have asked that question. I'm sure that's a question that we don't think about it, but here she is, 14-year-old virgin being told she's going to be with child. It says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And then Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I love another version of this. It was the ESV, the English Standard Version. And it says in verse 38, then Mary said, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Confused and disturbed, but yet encouraged and listening to what the Spirit is saying. Control. Mary, her life was about to completely lose control. I could tell already that there's some of you thinking this is the perfect, perfect message for my spouse. I hope that they're listening closely. I am gonna send this to my mother-in-law immediately following service. I'm so glad you're finally hitting on this because everyone needs it but me. You're probably thinking, I'm not controlling, I'm just aggressively helpful. I'm not controlling, Pastor Glenn, I'm just thoroughly organized. Listen, I know many of you. Some of you are wound so tight that you make coffee nervous. So often we wanna control everything about everything. We wanna control everything about our kids, where they go, what they do, who they hang out with, what they're gonna make on their SAT or ACT, where they're gonna go to college, finally, who they're gonna marry, how many grandkids they're gonna have, how they're gonna take care of me when I'm old. I don't wanna lose control of that because I need that, I'm getting older. And then we think of our spouse. Oftentimes we're wearing our spouse out with constantly questioning, why do you chew at the table like that? How you dress, what you say, what you want, when you want, where you wanna go, when you wanna go, how to load the dishwasher, how to unload the dishwasher. It's gotta be a certain way, how to vacuum the floor. It's gotta be those straight lines because if it's not those straight lines, you know, it, it just seems like chaos. You gotta do those straight, you know. When we mow the grass, we gotta mow it like on the outside working our way in. I mean, that's how you do it, right? We wanna control everything. Oftentimes we say to God, God, you can have it all except for the big events in my life. God, I want you to do what I want you to do, when I want you to do it, how I want you to do it. But it, when, when it comes to the big things, hands off, that's mine. Even to the point in today's culture, we can control our image, what people think, 
how people look at us. You look at people on social media and you think and you see, how did they get that family of 14 perfectly together? They look like the perfect family. But little do you know that they just had an explosive argument, now are no longer talking. But it says, hashtag blessed. So because it says hashtag blessed, that's a perfect family. And we're gonna control that. We're gonna make that everyone feel that we're perfect. The more we try to control, the more we're afraid of losing control. The more afraid we are of losing control, the more we try to control. That's why the one thing I wanna do is I wanna give one thought today, one big idea. It's a simple thought to remember. It's not a simple thought to live out. To live this out takes faith. But on the other side of your faith, let me promise you, you will always see the faithfulness of God when you trust him and you fully surrender to a God who's so worthy of our surrender. Can you say amen? In your notes, it says you may not have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. When the angel appeared before Mary, people think, oh, it's just Mother Mary. This lady just had it, she, she was perfect. It's Mother Mary, it's the Virgin Mary. It's not that big a deal. It, she's, she's got it together. Listen, Mary was just like every other 14-year-old teenager that had a moment that was highly favored and called by God to do something extraordinary. She had hopes. Imagine in today's world, think about yourself when you're a 14-year-old girl, just like Mary was, she had dreams, she had fears, she had pressures, just like every other teenage girl. When she lived in this time, there was so much pressure to find that husband at an early age. There was pressure to marry well, to create a meaningful future. The spouse was really dependent on what the husband would do and making the money and making care of, of their family. Their choices were limited back then. They can't travel. There was no eHarmony.com back then. There was no match.com. There was no Christian tingle, whatever, whatever it is. But you think about Mary at the age of 14, 15 years old, she had met the dream man for her. She couldn't believe it. Joseph, strong, handsome, charming. I'm sure he had the latest model of the donkey. <laughs> Carpenter, great job, bright future, strong hands, soft heart. I'm sure he was close to his mom, but not a mama's boy. I'm sure he was bold, yet humble, decisive, flexible, big goals, yet easygoing, well-groomed, but not soft, felt safe, Secure, leading, but not dominant. Mary had her dream. But most of all, she was marrying a, God that loved, a guy that loved God with all of his heart and was going to be a spiritual leader, the man of her dreams to raise her children right. Mr. Wright. And now her world is turned upside down. All of her hopes and dreams, it all changed in a moment when the angel appears before her and says, you are going to be with child. And she's disturbed 
She's confused. It's not what she had planned. It's not what she expected. It's absolutely the opposite of what she would have planned out for herself. Maybe some of you are in that place even now. Things haven't gone the way you thought they would go. Maybe you thought you were done with three kids and bam, there's that surprise fourth kid, the bonus. Maybe it's the opposite of that. Maybe you thought you would have three kids, but you're having a hard time conceiving and it's hard and it's different and your heart's broken and you're disappointed and you're confused. Maybe you got the perfect job. You got out of college, you got the perfect job, and then the economy tanks, COVID hits, everything changes, your company downsizes. Maybe you're having a hard time sleeping because you're feeling the enormous amount of pressure that's being put on you by different ones. It could be a relational issue that you're struggling with. It could be the empty chair at the Christmas table this year because of loss. It could be a health challenge. It could be an absolutely unexpected change that has changed your life radically. I want you to know, God's there for you. God cares for you. God's got a plan for you. You see, when you think of Mary, she didn't know the end of the story. She didn't know that three decades later, Jesus would die on the cross and then he would raise from the dead and then all the angels would sing and he'd descend up to heaven and he'd be seated at the right hand of the Father. She didn't know that. She just had an angel tell her, you're with child the Holy Spirit is upon you. You see, in our circumstances, in our situations, we don't know the end of the story or what's going to happen in our future. All that God's looking for from us is obedience and surrender. You see, she had a choice to make. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. She had this choice to make. It was between her dreams and how she thought it should go and God's destiny for her life. I wanna speak that over you. We can live out these dreams that we think is God's best, or we could say, God, my life is yours, and then live our life with God's destiny in front of us. She had to make a decision between her plans and what appeared to be God's purpose. She had to choose between her, her control and God's calling on her life. And this is what I love about Mary is this. Even though she did not understand the plan, she trusted that her father, God, had a purpose and that God was doing something because God's always doing something. Oftentimes we could get so caught up in our world and we got our eyes on these issues and our problems and we lose sight that God is up to something great as long as we continue to follow him and surrender to him and relinquish control to a God who's faithful, a God that's always on time, a God who's always good, a God that desires to take us from where we are to where we're going. That's the God that we serve. So you can be like, I'm surrendered to Jesus. I've given up all of my plans. But you know what? I'm willing to surrender 83.7%. The other part, Lord, you know, hands off. Like I trust him to save my soul, but I still like, you know, I like to fool around, do my own thing on the weekend. I trust him to make my past okay, but I don't trust him on money. 
Don't mess with my money, God. Come on now. What's up with that? It's mine. I trust him to give me peace when I'm hurting. But don't mess with my kids. Those are my kids. Don't mess with my kids, God. You see, there's no such thing as a parcel, partial surrender. God wants all of it. And so when I look at the different areas of my life to control, and believe me, there are a lot. And as I prepare this message, I'm looking in the mirror saying, I hope you're listening Sunday, Glenn Davis, because you need this. But all of us, just like Mary, have a choice to make. Mary's choice, it was her plans or God's purpose. It was her dream or God's destiny. It was her desire from control or God's calling on her life. And even though she didn't understand the plan, she chose to trust God with the purpose that he had for her life. See, we live in a world that says, let me be. But Mary gave the example of surrender when she said, let it be. Let it be done unto me. When we surrender about ourselves and we say, God, it's about you, everything changes. So what are you trying to control that's outside your control that you need to surrender? Is it a relationship? Is it fear? Is it your image? Is it the pursuit of perfection? Listen, I struggle with perfectionism. That's something I gotta surrender to God because no matter what I do, I feel like I haven't measured up. That's an issue of control. God, show me, come on, give that to me. Is it your kid's future? You know, I would love to see our church clinch our fist and not say, let me be it, but let it be. Because when we begin to walk out God's perfect will and his plan for our life, everything else begins to fall into place. In your notes, the desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. That's where the root is. When we're trying to control everything, we're saying, God, you know what? I don't trust you. I don't believe in you. I don't believe that you really do have the answer. See, when you overestimate your ability to control, you underestimate the power of God. Everything in this culture invites us to live contrary to the gospel. Culture says, you take charge. You control your, your destiny. You make it happen. And the word of God says, you find life when you lose it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, it says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life, for me, will find it. To follow Jesus is a daily choice to surrender to control to him. And when you look at Mary's surrender, what's so often interesting to me is every time she chose surrender, she eventually saw the evidence of the faithfulness of God. Again and again, she would give up control and she could see the faithfulness of God. Think about it. She's a virgin and you're gonna be pregnant. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. If Elaine came to me when we were engaged and she said, hey honey, hey big guy. By the way, I had an angel meet with me last night and I'm pregnant. Let me tell you, I would said, you know what girl? Bring that angel to me because it's on, all right? Think about that. But yet, what did God do? He sends an angel to Joseph. 
And the angel tells Joseph, this is the real thing. This is legit. God was faithful. She surrenders and she sees the faithfulness of God. Think about this. She's pregnant. People around town are talking and whispering. It's a small town. You know, they're saying, hey, I saw his donkey at her house a couple months ago. I know, I know something was happening. And she's, she's gonna feel shame. But yet the Holy Spirit once again confirms in her relative Elizabeth that this is God. And that brought great comfort to Mary. Think about raising Jesus. Think about raising the King of Kings, the Son of God, the Lord of Lords. You're trying to raise him right. You're trying to teach him things. You're teaching him job skills. You're teaching him how to be a carpenter. And then one day he's 12 years old and he disappears. You don't think Mary and Joseph are like, you know what, when I find him, I am gonna tear up some booty because I have no idea. We have rules, we have boundaries. He knows better. And then they find him teaching in the temple. The adults, I'm sure they're like, can you imagine the conversation between Mary and Joseph? Oh, that's right. He's the son of God. Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they teach adults. Oh my goodness. Once again, the faithfulness of God shows up. Think about it. Whenever Mary is giving birth, she's nine months pregnant. She's riding a donkey. She's riding a donkey in the middle of nowhere. There's no Holiday Inn. There's no Hotel Six. Elaine, you couldn't have done this, babe. Yeah. Yeah, when I take Elaine to a Holiday Inn, she goes, you know, it was okay. I really need one more star than that. I need one more, just one more star. So if, if, if Elaine would have been on a donkey, she'd been like, you know what? Something better happen because this is not what I want. It's not ideal, but yet Mary trusts God. And what does he do? He provides a cave next to farm animals. It's not ideal, but guess what happens? The shepherds show up to worship. And guess what? God was with them because God is with us. Herod the king gets word about this baby. We've got to be sure that this baby is dead. And here's Herod, the king, and all the forces of evil wanting to kill this baby. Think about Mary every day, waking up on the run, trusting God. I've got to take care of thy baby. I trust you, God. I trust you. How do I pay the bills? How do I pay the bills when I'm on the run? God's like, no problem. And what does he do? He sends three wise men with gold, myrrh, and frankincense faithful. Sometimes we feel like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I'm... God's faithful. God's good. God's always right on time. Fast forward. Here's Jesus. He knows what's going to happen to him. He is the son of God. And here he is before his death. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's agonizing, knowing what's just about to happen to him. The pressure is intense. If you look at it scientifically, it says that the capillaries in his forehead burst and blood began to come down his brow. That's how intense the pressure was on Jesus Christ. And Jesus, near his death, is crying out to his father. It says, is there any way you can remove this cup? Take it from me. This was the cup of suffering that was coming. And he knew it. And when all of it was unfolding, Jesus says the exact word in Greek that Mary said 
when the angel stood before her, the exact word, and said, let it be your will and not mine. Think about it. Think about what Jesus has done for us. And when he goes on the cross, his mother looks at him. How many have children in here? Imagine your child on the cross in agony, beaten so badly that he doesn't even look like a human being. And his mother, she was a mother. She gave birth to Jesus. Her heart was broken. It's her son. They were spitting on him. They were cursing him. He's suffering. And Jesus could have taken control. He could have called legions of angels to come and wipe them all out. But what did Jesus do? He said to the father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And he surrendered once again to God's will. There's so much, so much that we hold on to today. So in closing today, I wanna just encourage you with a couple of things. When we let go of things that we can't change, we're saying, God, I trust you. Remember, you always have the power to control, but you don't have the power. You, you, you don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. And the last point in your notes, God can do way more with my surrender than I can do with my control. Can you say amen? So I wanna encourage you, in your weekend guide, in front of you in the seat back, there's, there's a note right here. It says, I surrender. I want you to know the greatest privilege we have, Elaine and I, is to pastor this church, to pastor some of the greatest people that I have ever met in my entire life are right here in this body. We take it seriously. We pray for you. We are on our face before God, lifting you up, believing God's very best is for you. Moving into 2023, I want you to know, church, I believe that this coming year, Countryside is set up for the greatest moment of ministry that we have ever seen in our history. God has raised you up for such a time as this. But it's, it's hard when we, we sit back and we watch people continue to struggle. And oftentimes they struggle because they continue to hold on to things that they don't need to hold on to. Sometimes you feel like you've got to do it this way or it's not going to be done. I want you to know God is for you. And if God's for you, who can be against you? He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. So oftentimes the enemy wants, to, wants you to feel like you're all alone. You're the only one going through this circumstance in this time. I want you to know you are not alone. God's with you. He's always with you. He's for you. He's got a plan for you. But how we're gonna be held back from God's very best in our life is when we control. And we say, I'm not gonna give this up. I'm, I pray today. We've got a song that we're gonna do in just a moment. And as this song is being played, and as you see the lyrics to this, this song, it's about letting go of control because when we let go of control, we find peace in God. Man, in a world that's gone crazy, we can find and know perfect peace. We can know real joy. We can know that God's in charge and he's leading us by the hand into our destiny. But the only way we're going to find our destiny, our purpose, joy, peace. It's when we sur surrender those things. Maybe it's shame. Some people, they have a hard time getting past their past. I want you to know what's so beautiful about Jesus and what he did for us on the cross 
is when we allow the blood of Jesus to cover our sins, the past is clean. He gives us a blank slate. He's not holding these things against you. So many people walk around with this list of all the things that they've done and they keep saying, I can't because I've done this. Listen, drop that today. Surrender that today. Surrender the shame, your past. Could be fear, could be a relationship. It could be something that only you know that you need to surrender. And during this song, I wanna encourage you, write it down. And then I don't want you to take this home and put it on your refrigerator. You know what I want you to do? I want you to take this home and you tear it up. You burn it up. You wad it up. Whatever you need to do with to say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And I choose to surrender it all to you, Jesus. Can you do that today? Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering today.
Such a powerful, powerful message and song. Would you have a seat for just a moment? Bow your heads, close your eyes. For this moment, just nobody looking around. So I believe it is a very special moment for some of you. The thing about giving up control, the thing about surrender, is yes, it does lead to peace. It also leads to joy leads to forgiveness and receiving that gift of salvation that Jesus offers. It's what he died and rose again to give us. Giving up control and surrendering our hearts to him leads to a restoration of relationship with the Father, and that's what he wants. And I believe there are some of you here today who feel like that relationship is not what it should be. And maybe you're here today and you have never fully embraced the fact that forgiveness is a gift. It's not something you earn. According to the New Testament, God freely gives it to you. His son paid the price, so you don't have to. And if you're here this very day saying, Pastor Tim, that, that's me. I would love to have that free gift. Would you pray for me? Well, I wanna pray for you. And if that's you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, ask you to stand up or call you out or anything like that. But with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if you want me to pray for you, when I count to three, just slip your hand up in the air. One, two, three. Thank you, I see your hands, I see your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, I see your hands. Yes, thank you. Thank you, yes. Thank you. Father, I do pray for those that raise their hands this day. I pray, Father, that you make yourself known to them in a way they have never realized before. I pray, Father, that you would inspire within them before this day is done. They would turn their life over to you submit all control to you and ask for your forgiveness. Give them new life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know, for the sake of those who raise their hands, can we all say this prayer together? And if you raised your hands, you're praying this prayer for the first time, God always answers yes to it. And it's simply a pledge to Jesus and receiving of that gift that he offers. So would you all pray after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know I've done wrong. 
but you sent your son to die for me and raised him from the dead to give me new and eternal life. Forgive me my sins. And this day, I make you, Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, and my God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. It's always such a beautiful moment. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I wanna encourage you to please come see one of these altar prayer team members. We have a book that we wanna give you that we believe will help you in this journey that you're on for free. And also, if you want prayer for any reason, please see one of these prayer team members. But to receive your blessing now, if you would just open your hearts before the Lord, Maybe turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you with sweet surrender. May he bless you with a life, joy, and peace that comes from knowing that he is in control. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday.